Welcome to Save It for the Blind podcast. We're here with guides Casey Stafford with CIC Outdoor Adventures and Jason Adversalo with Fell Pursuer Outdoor Adventures. Uh, thanks for coming in, guys. And uh, we're going to talk about that guide life today. Oh, boy. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So how many years? Over 20 for me. Over 20? Yeah. Yeah, it's been about 18. Is that something that you guys, as a young kid, wanted to get into or just fall into it? I mean, was that a career it, path choice? It was no career choice, and if I had to do it again, I'd probably do it different. <laughs> but no, I just, you know, we grew up, I grew up hunting ducks, and I just came to when I was in college. I put myself through college. Uh, I worked for Rocky Merlot, uh-huh. and then after that, I started my own gig, so just kind of fell into it and stuck with it. Been a bunch of Chico staters that have walk, worked for Rocky over the years. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. What about you, Jason? Yeah, no, I just kind of fell into it. It just started out as just taking friends, and then kind of turned into just a, a business, and it ended up working out well. Yeah, so that's how I started. Nice. Yeah, just kind of random. Obviously, I mean, guiding is a extremely tough business, in my opinion, just because the you know. So lots of different stuff that happen throughout the year, either you know, close season. Casey, I know you do more than just waterfowl hunting, but, I mean, tell us about some of the things that you go through as a guide in terms of year-to-year basis. You know, it's just a, you got the ever-changing variables, Mother Nature, and, I mean, a lot of these clients don't understand that. I mean, we're, we're guides, not God. I mean, we do everything in our power to put the birds in front of them, the fish on the line, the turkeys in front of them, and, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah. But we give 110%, and, you know, most guys most guys are good with it. You know, they realize it's hunting, and then you get a few of those guys that just don't understand that, and it just it, it makes it a little tough some days. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think most people think I'm going with the professional. I'm paying for something I should be rewarded with whatever I'm going after and it's hunting, right? Yeah. I mean, their just, expectation is that when they come with us is they want to shoot limits. Yeah. And that's not always the case, you know, and it's tough. Like you said, you know, everything's, they could be there today and gone tomorrow I mean, and it's, it makes it tough. And as long as you're working hard and do the best you can and you what? know, that's all you can offer. And unfortunately, I mean, in, in our opinions, I'm sure Jason's the same. I want everybody to shoot or yeah, catch yeah. or kill whatever yeah. they're there for. I yeah. mean, I want the best hunt I can possibly give them, yeah. and some days yeah. it just doesn't happen. Yeah. How do you guys set expectations? I mean, I think why I, like, why I like you guys personally and why people keep coming back to you guys is your honesty, right? And you're not, you know, one of those guides that over-promise and under-deliver where a lot of people and some guides, I mean – they're very outspoken about how they're the greatest and whatnot. And, you know, I think that could throw some people off, but you guys definitely aren't like that at all. Yeah, not at all. I mean, that's, that's what keeps people coming back. I, I truly believe, you know, we try and go out of the way and call them and, and, you know, give them an honest report of what's going on. And sometimes there's just, there's just nothing going on. You know, yeah. if you're upfront and honest and, you know, Hey man, it's been really tough the last couple of days. Those guys are going to come because they understand what it's about, you know, and it's not always just about that. You know, if you're upfront and honest, they're gonna they're gonna stick with you, and they appreciate that. Yeah, I'm the first one to tell them. Like if, it, <laughs> if it's bad, yeah. I'm gonna tell them, hey, it's yeah. it, it's no good. Don't come. And yeah. they'll say, oh, Casey, it can't be that bad. I promise you, it's that bad. I've been carrying the same three shells in my gun for the last three days, and like, well, maybe tomorrow's the day. Yeah. And those guys like that, they come. They enjoy themselves. They have a good time. They're out there, and they're they're happy with the end result, whether we kill two ducks or. 50 ducks. I yeah. mean, yeah. 
those kind of guys just, they want to be out there. And most of my clientele now, I would say 60, 70% of them are 60 years, 65 years okay. old and older. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're just happy to be there, man. Yeah, they can't do it themselves. We drive them to the blinds. We get them out there, and they just want to be out there hunting. Yeah, they I mean, can't of course do it they by wanna... themselves, but probably have had a fairly long relationship knowing you guys and, you know, wanting to go out with you guys. And I've got guys that I'm, you know, I took my some of my very first trips 20 years ago, and I'm still guiding them all the time. Wow. So it's, a... it's cool. I mean, they're they're more like friends than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. A lot of father sons, you know, it, a lot of return customers. I think probably eighty percent of my people come every single year. Yeah, you know, groups that book ten, fifteen hunts a year. You know, those guys keep coming back every year, and they understand because you're up front. Yeah, you know, so it's super nice on that side of it. I think it is. I mean, I you know I've done some mostly fishing trips and whatnot, but I mean, if someone says like, "Oh my God, it's the it's wide open," and you go there and you find out. It has not been wide open. <laughs> you just feel like you've been suckered, right? But if right. someone's up front and is like, you know, it's the shits, but hey, we're probably going to catch a fish or two. Yeah. Right on. I'm, I'm going no matter what, you know, and I think that speaks volumes to the individual too. And I think you guys are in that. Calendar. I mean, I don't know why you would want to feed them full of a bunch of BS and then sit in the blind and try to make up more <laughs> BS or why it's not happening. I mean, that's how I'm. I just throw it out there on the table. Like, guys, we're going to kill a handful of birds. Yeah. I'm not. No, I mean, that's the way it is, and they're they're all good with that, usually. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some days, I mean, where it's like, it has been red hot, iron yeah. is hot, yeah. come out, and then for whatever reason, that next day, it yeah. changes. It's an off day or whatever. I, mean, I think everyone's been in that realm. I know I have, but yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I try to downplay it, even if the birds and right. the hunting has been yeah. good, you yeah. know, provide a good opportunity. And, and the our relationship, and Jason's probably the same way. I mean, I have a list of guys on my phone. If it's red hot and we got an empty blind, or if we can shoot in the afternoon or whatever it is, I can pick up my phone and call them, and the guys come, they're happy to be here, and if we fall flat on our face, that's the way it is. I mean, they get it. They've seen it. They've seen the good hunts. Yeah. They've seen yeah. the bad hunts, and they're they're all in, Yeah, which okay. makes it nice. Right, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to, you know, being up, up front and honest with them all the time, you know, no matter what it is. I, it, that's what's going to bring those guys back when they get that call and continue to, to come with you is – really just being honest man it's like you know don't come oh no it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah so that's that's the that's the good part about it so So of all the things that you guys hunt or have hunted throughout the years what kind of made it stick for waterfowl and like sticking with duck hunting or what kind of avenue made you stick with one species or you know uh, uh, or the other uh, you know, I can remember my very first hunt. You know, I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I, a friend took me. We went to Sutter Refuge. It was super slow, but we had one hen mallard that came in. And from that one duck, it, when he was calling, it turned, came in, sucked in, we killed that bird. From then on, it's just been like a hook to be able to do something like that, to be able to talk to a wild animal and get yeah. them to change you know, and turn and come and take a look or, you know, yeah. that's what keeps me going. It's that one time that that bird Because all it takes is probably just that one time. It just with takes anything. that one time for sure. Yep. And with the waterfowl, there's a lot of action. You know, that's what – you go deer hunting, a lot of times you shoot one shell and it's over. 
Yeah. yeah, you know, and the the docks you got, you get there on a good day. I mean, you've seen yeah. how many clients have you had yeah. burn two, three, two four boxes, boxes of shells? I mean, they're burning ammo, they're yeah. having fun, yeah. they start giving each other crap for not yep. missing. I mean, it, once you yep. get that camaraderie in the duck play, it's different. Yep. I would agree. Like you can take a bunch of guys that from different parts of the world, different yeah. perspectives, different don't know each other, don't know each other, don't. Yep. And you put them in a duck blind, and everybody has a good time. It's crazy. There's not one square. Usually, it's everybody has a good time, and then we all go our separate ways. Yeah, right. It's the common ground. Yeah, it's, it's duck hunting, which is yeah. pretty cool. But. So I kind of want to turn this back to you guys. I want to know. Um, I know, kind of, you both mentioned some college and kind of the avenues that led you here. I kind of want to know from each of you. You know, where did you start? Did you, you know, learn hunting from your parents or those around you, your grandparents? Did you grow up here? Kind of, where did all that start? And we'll start with you, Casey. Okay. Yeah, I grew up here in uh, in Yuba City. Sutter area. You're, you're the king of Sutter here. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you're the you live there, not me, but <laughs> I don't very think recently no I turned over the throne you, to you. You just moved, man. You were now the I king. Mean, it's it is Stafford's town. All right. So yeah, I grew up and my my family hunted ducks my whole life. I mean, we hunted everything, but you know, basically I started going with my dad all the time and I was fortunate as a kid, you know, he had some business partners and had some duck clubs, so I kind of grew up in the duck hunting world. I mean, that's what I look forward to. Every weekend we spent at the duck club. Any day there was any weather, I cut school and we went duck hunting. <laughs> I mean, I, I've spent a lot of hours sitting in one of them holes in the ground with my dad <laughs> and his friends. Yeah, so. that's good. And so you mentioned um, you mentioned you went went to college, went through college, or met some people through there as well. Yeah, I went to college. I went to Chico State. I graduated from Chico State. I have a bachelor's uh, in ag science. Nice. Um, Go Wildcats. Wildcats. <laughs> and then when I got out of school, you know, starting salary for one of those ag type jobs was thirty five, forty thousand bucks a year. Yeah. And after sitting in school for all that time, I mean I was doing that anyways. I was making more than that fishing on the side, doing the duck hunting, so I just kept with it and just kinda let my my degree sit, and I mean, I still use it all the time with this wetland stuff, and we got the nursery trees and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm constantly still using my ag degree, but it just yeah. it was a better fit. I mean, at that time, absolutely. Me. I mean, and kind of one of those things if you can find something that allows you to still have fun and enjoy your life, and kind of all those things. I mean, it's not like you have to have one thing that specifically is like, okay, I went to college and I did this job and I did all these things. I mean, kind of in my case, my mom she went to school for accounting and graduated in accounting and gotten a job in accounting. And I was like, okay, my life doesn't really align like that entirely how the world is now. And so kind of in that same way, I mean, if you found something that really works for you and I'm sure your ag science really plays into maybe your trustworthiness with, you know, being a guide and all those things. I mean, people really probably look to that. Right. I mean, it definitely, you know, played a part in things. And I, I use it, like I said, all the time in the wetland stuff. And you just even right now, like the tribe that I work for, for the Indian community, I run their guide service for them. And I do some other stuff on the side too. But like right now I'm, I'm helping on the farm, get the decomp work done just yeah. because of the rental blinds that we lease, I need to get the guys in there. So I have the know-how and knowledge as far as uh, what we need to do farming wise, you know, once the, the crops are harvested to get get our best results for ag because the farming comes first. Whether these guys that are renting blinds from us want to believe that or not, the farming is 100% first. Oh, for sure. So we hustle as hard as we can to get the ground prepped and everything done for the farming side of things so we can get our guys in there. 
Yeah. But you're pretty unique, though. I mean, you, you had your own. Well, I'm unique. Well, <laughs> you had your own guide service, right? And now you work for the casino, you know, managing all their hunting opportunities and, right. and properties and things like that. Yeah, so. I sold, uh, Regina and I, my wife, we sold the business to the tribe in 2007. So since then, I've run everything through them. Yeah. And that's got to help on your end, too, a little bit. I mean, you're in full control of the properties, how they're managed, yeah. leases, people who come who come in there. I mean, Right. It, it, no, it definitely helps. I mean, but for the longest time, like when I started kind of getting into the, the guiding and the duck blinds and everything, I honestly, I, I started because I got thrown out of every duck club I was in. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, you know. Tend to with, if you're a good duck hunter. Yeah. With, with duck hunters, it just happens. Yeah. You go in a club and you go in there and clean house, all of a sudden everybody hates you and you got a target on your back, you're gone. Yeah. So the only way to control that is to control the property. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. And and finding a duck blind in general is hard. You know, we it's get, tough. We get a lot of people like, where would I go and look? Like, yeah. dude, know that you're going to start at the bottom, right? And yeah. work your way up. Yeah, you it's know? tough. That, I, there's no other way about it. I mean, he's in a unique situation where he runs all that stuff. You know, yeah. on my side, I you know I do have some leases. I do have some blinds that we run, but it's tough. You know, on the guide side of it. You, landowners here oh you're a guide nope don't want you here yeah which is which is bad you know we do everything that we can you know but we're just looked at a little differently on the on the landowner side and they you know not that i think they're just worried about that you know it makes it really tough to go out and and gain ground in a large chunk because of that do you think they're worried because they've been mistreated in the past by some folks, guides in particular. I think a lot of it too is the lie. Always in the back liability. of the farmer's mind is the liabilities because we're running guys through there all the time. Yeah. But honestly, I would rather have, and I've made yeah. that, made that, uh, or I've said that to landowners before. Why would you want, say you have a thousand acres, why would you want to rent 10 blinds to 10 different guys? Yeah. If you rent it all to me, you have me. Yeah. If there's a problem, you got me to yeah. come yell at and take care of. Not yeah. search through the ten other guys yeah. to see who who's who and what's yeah. what and what's yeah, happening. Yeah, and then they're I, dynamics the within their yeah. own blind because it yeah. could be sometimes you know people don't realize is some people split blinds with people they have no idea who yeah. they are. Right, you know? and, and that that's, is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You really got to work hard at it. You know, especially to keep the stuff. Yeah, you know, on my side, everybody's got more money than I do. You know, so that makes it tough and. You know, if you can build those relationships, when I've been pretty lucky enough to have the places that I have now, I've been there, you know, 10, 15 years. So I've been lucky in that aspect, but it's tough. Yeah. You know? And like, it? I would say six or eight years ago, this became, I don't know if you agree, became a money game where yes. oh, if they yeah. see like, you know, we got to post yeah. pictures. We got, I'm not one to shove yeah. everything in your face, yeah. but that's part of the you gotta business. Add, you know, yeah. we got we to gotta advertise. Yeah. And so if people recognize something to see you over and over and over and over and over again posting big straps. Yeah. Well, the next thing you know, they're trying to backdoor you. They're at the landowner going, hey, whatever yep. he's paying, I'll give you 15000 more in cash. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I am fortunate to have the landowners that I have in some of this other other stuff that we lease that are yeah. happy to just deal with me because they know how I am. I'm straightforward. Right. I pay my yeah. bills, and I make sure everything's covered. Yeah. Well, some of these guys jump at the first wad of cash. I mean, an right. extra 15 grand, everyone can use an extra 15 grand, but they yeah. don't realize the headaches that come with it. Well, there's a ton of relationships I think have been ruined with just by that, right? Like, Absolutely. Let's say if yeah. I, I, you invite me out and I go and hunt, and then I try to backdoor you on the For owner sure. without you knowing. I know a lot of guys like, yeah, well, my cool. best friend went behind my back, and yeah. that's why we're not friends anymore. And you're like, what? Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. it's pretty there's cutthroat. A, there's a ton of it. It's a cutthroat business, 100%. Yeah, yeah. very much so. And, yeah. and in every aspect of it, it's cutthroat. Yeah. From yeah. the guiding to the rental blinds, it's yeah. all the same. I mean, there's a few guys, you know, that I deal with and I trust to deal with. And then there's other guys where I'm keeping both eyes on you all the time if I see you around there. Yeah. You know, it's just – and the problem with it is, is I go – I go at things different. If I can't make it pencil, I'm not going to do it. Right. Or some of these other guys, they'll go offer double the money what we're paying in rent and go slam in double the blinds. Well, yeah. when you got a blind on every check, the hunting sucks. <laughs> Changes. But but the problem is there's people everywhere willing to pay for it. it yeah. It's And a lot of guys just look the other way, you know. If yeah. they happen to be friends with that that land, landowner, hey, you know, we can do this, this, and this. Next thing you know, you had 400 acres that only had maybe three blinds on it, and now it's got 10. You know, yeah, and like social media, right? Like yeah. where I've had friends call me like, hey, I got a blind. I'm like, where? They send me a pen. I'm like, uh, what are you paying? Quite a bit. What do you guys got? Well, it's dirt this year. Like you just paid 2500 a hole to yeah. hunt dirt, and it's right. been dirt, and there's no fallow in it, no nothing. Yeah. You think we'll shoot ducks? You'll kill a couple, not right. very many. Like have right. fun beating your head against the blind because it's going to be a long season, yeah. you know? Not saying that dirt can't shoot because sometimes it does, you know, but that's some change to be throwing down to hunt a marginal field when it is rice, you know, and then. Well, and that's what, that's what changes it too. You get these guys that are get in there that don't necessarily know what's going on and they're leasing dirt and next thing they get irritated and they're mad at the, the landowner and then they go do something that ruins it for everybody, you know? Yeah. That's what's tough. You know, a lot of guys look back, oh, you're a guide, uh, that's what makes it hard. That's the tough part. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, for you, um, kind of what has been your background and all of that on how you got started in this and, you know, how, you know, company-wise or just being a guide and how has that started and maybe changed your life for the better or worse? Yeah, no, it's it was, like I said earlier, it kind of was just a random how I started. It wasn't just somebody took me. I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I grew up in Sacramento. I went to Sac State, a criminal justice degree from Sac State. Um, And somebody just took me hunting when I was like 16, 17, and it just kind of stuck. And then as I got a little older, I was doing, um, I had a small construction company that I did, and I was just looking for other ways to make money. And, you know, back then, it, it seemed to be a good fit, and it just kind of snowballed into where it's at today. So it's it's been a, a process, but <laughs> it's been good. You know, it's treated my family good. It's put it's putting my kids through college. You know, oh, for sure. In the beginning, my wife really didn't understand it. You know, she thought we were just out messing around, but she really understands now. You know, it's a true business, and that was the tough part. You know, um, with her was that she just thought we were out duck hunting. Right. You know, and, and it's turned into a full-blown business. I shut the construction uh, company down in, in November, and I do this full-time till the end of March, and then I go back to the construction side. Oh, wow. So you do both? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think by – there for a while, there was about seven years that I didn't do anything. I just did the guiding. Yeah. And it was it was good, but during the summer, I think I just got kind of bored and I needed some stuff to do. Yeah. And it yeah. was a good – it's kind of a good fit, you know. You have the winter stuff. You get slow on the construction side, so it kind of worked out good. So it just seemed to be a good fit. Well, and as you mentioned earlier, I mean, I think both of you guys have mentioned, you know, the trust that you're, um, the people that you take kind of it follows through. I mean, 
just having to get your wife to kind of trust you and follow this dream and follow this passion of yours, I mean, has all probably been a passion. And then, you know, the more that you get that person to trust, then your clients kind of trust you and the people that you want to take on trips trust you. And it just follows through. I mean, the more genuine you are, for sure. The more it comes back to you. Yeah, it's a totally family business, you know, the the hunting side of it. I know Casey's the same way with his with their company, but you know, my wife really had to buy into it because at first she didn't understand, you know, we're gone 3 4 months out of the year just <clears throat> gone, you know, we might yeah. be home for an hour in the evening to grab some dinner and, you know, tell the kids, "Hey, and you're asleep and then you're gone at two o'clock in the morning. So it, it took a few years for her to really buy in, you know, and That's it, a grind, man. you know, to, for yeah. her really to buy in and to understand <laughs> that it, that it is a business and it does pay the bills, you know? So. Hey. That's all, right. you know, we want to hear at the end of the day is like, <laughs> right. well, is this a return investment <clears throat> right. kind of thing? Right. The, the bad part of it is that the family takes the brunt of it. I mean, they when we're do. gone for 100 days, yep. I mean, granted, I go home and sleep every night, but, I mean, we're, we're up and yeah. we're burnt. I mean, we're living on yeah. Rockstar and, you know, yeah. frozen burritos <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the yeah, gas the station, station running back and forth. You know, we get home. And we're just thrashed, you know, yeah. and I'm grumpy and I'm ornery and I'm tired for 105 days straight and they put up with it. I'll and, say more than 105. Well, yeah, like I'm just saying. <laughs> the, uh, you know, my wife does all the contracts. My daughter helps with the contracts. They lease agreements. If I need them to irrigate, they go irrigate. If they, I need them to run the dogs and do something, I mean, they do whatever they can do to help. So it's not just me. I mean, they're the ones that allow me to be out in the field running around like yep. an idiot like I do. So you would say like having a good support system is like extremely vital in this business. Absolutely. I don't know how you could, you could get through it without it Yeah. because you know, you may be out in the field every single day, but they're at home holding down the fort or take care of all the other stuff. They're getting the kids to and from whatever they got to do. You know, you're relying on them. Most of the time, at least for me, I'm a couple hours away every night. So it's not like if something happens, I can just, be home and and lickety split, you know, so it, it takes a lot. It's, it's a wear on them. I know when the season starts, (laughs) my wife gets super cranky, you know, right before it starts. And then once it's going, she's good. And then right at the end, she's like ready for it to be over. She's tired (laughs) of the crankiness. She's tired of the, the, the mud and the stuff in the garage and, you know, out in the street. And so, so it does absolutely take take everybody in the family to make it work. And I got very, I mean, we were running so hard when we started that I had no time to teach my own kid how to duck hunt. Yeah. Like Regina yeah. took it upon herself, my wife, that, I mean, she enjoys duck hunting, but it's not her favorite. She'd much rather be chasing a deer or something with her bow. And so I set a blind aside for them. We'd go out there to family and set it up, or they'd do it themselves. And, I mean, she took, my boy's insane over ducks. All he wants to do is kill ducks. Yeah. And she took him from the time he had his license when he was eight years old all the way through until he could drive. That mother took him duck hunting. She That's taught him how to duck hunt. Incredible. We taught your kids awesome. the the work ethic. I'll say Quinn and Ann Cade. I mean, you got some good kids. They're there, both man. hustlers, but they didn't have a choice. I yeah. mean, we didn't have no money, and I still don't have no yeah. money. But you know, when we started. Like when we first started the business, like when I got out of college, I was doing construction and guiding on the side. I mean, I was running hard and she finally put her foot down. She said, you got to pick one or the other. Yeah. And I said, well, let's try it. You know, we've decided we'd give it a couple years. And after a couple years, we made it go, you know, but the kids, Regina, I mean, 
all of us were all hands on deck, whether yeah, it yeah. was putting in blinds, setting up decoys, doing I mean, when it first started, it was me, and that was it. Yep. And, I mean, I ran hard, mornings, afternoons, whatever I had to do to pay the bills. Yep. So. Well, a lot of other guides, I mean, you guys have long marriages, but some people don't. That, that doesn't work out that way. There's a lot of guides that yeah. are divorced and, yeah. you know, just because yeah. you are gone a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes a toll on you. I mean – just in general, like I said, even Casey said on the kids, you know, my kids love to hunt, but you would think, oh, your dad's a guide, you can go. That's not the case at all. Yeah. You know, it's tough because we're working. So it's absolutely, you know. And it was cool for me last year to be able to, Cade finally turned 18 and be able to put him running the show. Like he yeah. guided yeah. hunts nice. for me and stuff. And and he's good at it. He's really good. It's just, it's hard to take, like, that kid, I'd put him up against anybody to kill ducks. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard to put an 18-year-old kid in a blind with a 45-year-old guy that thinks they, like, he had multiple times, he's like, Dad, what do I do? Like, this guy, he <laughs> wants to blow his duck call. He wants to do this. And I said, son, you just got to put your head down and grind through it. Yeah. I said, I mean, Smile. they're paying for the hunt. Yeah. And I know the end result is to kill their limits of ducks. Yeah. But if they want to blow their mallard call that sounds no good or want to blow their <laughs> spec call that sounds like a seagull once in a while— let them let her rip, dude. Yeah. You sit yeah. there and smile, you know. Yeah. And and he had fun. It was good. And I was very selective of who I sent him yeah. with. I mean, I made sure he wasn't with some of the jokers that are unsafe. And I mean, the people that we see go through these blinds. I mean, I, there's a reason I have a huge life insurance policy because yeah. one day I may not be here because of yeah. one of those guys in the yeah. blind. Yeah, I mean, what are the some of the scarier moments that you've seen out there? I mean, yeah. I, I know there, yeah. I know there's moments, a, a few. Oh, dude, I've seen it all like my yeah, biggest yeah. pet peeve is the click of the safety i mean when we get in the uh, blind agree, i'm a safety yeah. guy because it takes one time when somebody's dead yep. uh, yeah you guys hold on to those guns you keep the safety on that safety does not come off until your gun is to your shoulder and it's time to shoot and i mean the click of the safety and my biggest pet peeve in the world is the guys that come and they lay their shells out on the rail in front of you they got four shot two shot one shot <laughs> and we got triple bbs for geese as soon as i pick up a goose call i Oh, no, yeah, yeah. like I have a <laughs> yeah. fit, and all the guys that have hunted with me for years now, they know. I said, yeah. just shoot ones. They'll kill ducks. They'll kill geese. Yeah. We don't yeah. need any of that other stuff. Yeah. Just leave the shells in your gun. Well, it never and seems to work out, to right? No, it never works. You're joking. Out. Nope. And the, the geese don't come, yeah. and then the ducks are coming. You undo it. Yeah, it just it's dumb, and it's just yeah. more. I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah, like yeah. I, it's no good. I had a guy uh, one time shoot a hole in a roller lid. Oh, really? I had the roller lid over the top. They were down like this. I was calling, and we, they were honkers. You know how honkers get, just yeah, yeah. bellering, and they were yeah. loud, and they went around once <laughs> at 30 yeah. yards, and everyone wants to jump. And I said, just wait. Let them come back. I said, well, yeah. first few put their feet down, then we'll shoot. And that first wad came right there and started to put their feet down. I said, get ready, get ready. And I put my hand on that roller lid, and that shotgun went off. Oh, my God. And it went, shot a hole right through the roller lid. Yeah. That was like the first couple years I was doing my own stuff, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I instantly yeah. looked around, and I'm like, what yeah. in? No ricochet DVs every, or anything? No, it, luckily, it went straight through, through that 10 are, Those roll yeah. lids, dude, they're thick. No, yeah, I mean, they're heavy. That. Or yeah. the, the you hear that. The yeah. gum barrel oh, sliding hell, down yeah, the side yeah, of the blind. There's so many things that go wrong in those little blinds, you know. Just yeah. you hear it, the, the shuffling, the blind sliding. You hear these guys' feet going all over the place. Their chairs are moving. You know, you look over and they never have their hand on their gun. They're not ready, or like you said, they're they're changing their shells because the yeah. geese are coming. It's it's wild. You know, I mean, well, they're probably, you, have... you know, way excited and things. And you know, when you get so excited, you're just like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is going to be my time. And right. 
it's like all of that goes out the window for half a second and that's all it can take. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you have one? Was it last I year where, one, where you were one. like, I'm not sure if something yeah, happened or you last, heard a shot yeah, or something it, like that. It's like the goosebumps are now it's, yeah. it was a kid yeah, and his him. dad and, um, we were sitting there and we had just shot some speckle bellies and I don't know what he was doing. It was myself, his dad, and then the kid was at the end of the blind. Usually, if I don't know dad, I have the kid next to me. But yeah. dad has been around for a long time. And we were sitting there, and we just shot some specs, and he was fired up because he saw the speckle belly. And I don't know what he was <clears> doing. <throat> and all of a sudden, the gun went off. And, you know, young kid, yeah. he was probably 10 years old, youth gun. And the reaction of his dad, just what he said. I'm thinking to myself, this kid's dead in my blind. Yeah. And you just, like, I'm... It, I remember can, talking to yeah. you, like, the day or we the day the after yeah, it happened. We, yeah. I called the hunt, you know, we talked to the kid. I mean, it gives me goosebumps, and I get wound up about it now. Yeah. But That's I scary stuff. Right I know. Yeah. Because it... it it, it can happen that yeah. quick. It, and right? that's what it was. It was, he was excited. We were there. He was looking at the geese that were on the floor. And I don't know what he was doing, but all of a sudden the gun went off. And then the sound of his dad's voice in my head to this day, yeah. it's like, and then I, you know, look over and, you know, thank God everything was okay. But, you know, immediately kind of called the hunt got out of there, yeah. we went back, we talked. You know, the kid was pretty shooken up, but they ended up leaving. I kept the guns. The dad took the son, and they forgot their guns. I had the guns in my truck. I probably sat in the parking lot for, like, 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And, I'm like, I was in tears just because it was so scary. It was just, like, one of those things that you don't know. I mean, in that moment, yeah, all of our lives, not just mine, but dads, the kids, moms, you know, their lives are changed. Yep. And it's like, no matter how much stuff you go through in the morning, like we probably have a safety talk that's probably 10 minutes long about what we're doing, where our guns yeah. go, how it comes up, how you come up out of the blind, how things work. It doesn't matter. You, you can know? throw it all out the window on some of these guys when yeah. they see that first duck. It's a duck. And that's yeah. what I tell them yeah. all the time. Like, somebody will stand up to shoot, and I'll yeah. start to watch them swing, and I yell. I'm yeah. like, yeah. it's a – just stop. Yeah. Just and they'll duck, just stop. Yeah. It's just a duck, man. Yeah. yeah. There's more of them. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. yeah. I know, man. I, I had a hunt one time, um, dad, kid, and I think another – someone on part of the family, but dad was in the middle of the blind. You know, the geese were on the right side of the blind. I called the shot. I'm not shooting. I didn't call the shot. He just jumps up and shoots at the geese. I was like, whoa, timeout. I was like, one, I didn't call the shot. Two, you just shot over my head. Uh, ring me. Um, all right, perfect. Sits back down. You know, 10 minutes later, geese on the left side of the blind. Jumps up, shoots over his daughter's head and the person at the end of the blind. I was like, listen, that's dude. why you get yeah. a roller lid, baby. I that's a joke, Jane. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I was like, listen, man, you you just shot over my head. You just shot over their head. We just went over, you know, don't shoot until I call the shot. And he basically pouted, unloaded his gun, and then, then the rest of everyone else had a, had a fun shot. But I was like, yeah. dude, you're the oldest person in the mind. Yeah. And I, I get it that you're excited, but it's a bird. They're the most you know? complacent. I will. Honestly, it's those guys. Yeah. And I will lose it. I come from. Yeah. 
nice Casey to Casey you don't ever want to see when something like that happens. I've taken guns from guys, unloaded them, left them in the corner of the blind and said, you will watch now today. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they can be as mad as they want at me, but I don't care. It takes one time and I'm dead. It's one time and someone else is dead and that's on me. Or your dog, yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's yeah. I've, I've had a similar situation as Jason, but it was the dad that was the problem, not the kids. Yeah, we were in the blind. They were cool. I had the two kids right next to me. The dad was on the far end, and like the kids had never hunted before. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. We're gonna put one shell in your guns. Yeah, you stand up and shoot. Once I feel like you guys are good, we'll put two shells. They stand up to shoot, and the dad puts his gun to his shoulder and pulls the trigger. The gun jumps out of his hand, and I see it coming, and I'm in a blind. Oh, I just pick my, my feet yeah. up. Yeah. It hits the ground, and I looked at the dude, and I'm like, what just happened? He goes, I, I don't know what happened. My hands are cold, and it jumped. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I go, your 10-year-old kid, your 13-year-old kid are doing just fine, and you just did that? Yeah. I said, here's the deal. I said, everybody stand up, got up on the step. I reached down there, grabbed the gun off the floor, off safety, oh, laying yeah. on the floor. I mean, it could have hit the ground and went off and oh, took yeah. everyone off at the yeah. ankles. Yeah. Yep. And I said, well, here's the deal. I said, I, I mean, no offense when I say this. I said, but the kids are doing great. You are not. Yeah, I said I, I'm. That's I'm not going to risk that again. So either I keep this gun, I unload it, and lean it in the corner, and your kids can hunt. You can sit there and watch, or we call this hunt. I said, but the kids are doing great; they're having a good time. I said I'm going to leave it up to you 100. percent He said, well, I, I don't just want to watch. I said, enough said. Unload your gun, kids. We're out of here. Wow. And I mean, yeah. the dude that was the first time I think he ever hunted with me, and he's never been back since. And I'm okay with that because right. I don't yeah. want him. I got that name in yeah. my book, and I would not take him again anyways. I have a long yeah. blacklist of guys that I do never want in a duck blind again. Yeah. yeah, It's not worth it. The money is not worth it to put everybody's life no, at risk. It's no. not. I mean, things change. You, that could be so bad. It's just so bad just right away. It happens so quick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's. It's. It's ugly. I know. So... Kind of with that said, you know, I know that there can be like kind of down, you know, downsides to to guiding and things, but there's obviously a lot of upsides to it. Why, why is it so vital that new hunters and, you know, if people are interested in hunting, you know, try and start hunting for the first time, or if they're interested in hunting, how, how do you navigate that and continue to have a positive outlook on hunting because you know sometimes it can be negative depending on what spectrum the media looks at it i mean so why is it so vital that new hunters continue to hunt and try i don't know all the stuff it's afforded me in life and all the friendships and everything i've made over it's unbreakable bonds that you have with people even these clients that only come one or two times i mean they can call you out of the blue 10 years later and you remember them and they want to come back they remember the hunt or i have Guys that I started hunting with that were, you know, 20 years old when I started hunting with them, now they're 40, 50 years old or whatever, and their kids are now booking hunts to bring their friends or their sons. I mean, it's just kind of a cool – it's a tradition. It's something that once you get your claws in it, unfortunately, it doesn't go away. Once you're a duck hunter, you're a duck hunter. (laughs) You're ruined. Yeah. I mean, kind of for you, I mean, that same thing. You know, you just did it that one time, and now it's your – yeah, it's no, it's, 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 there's something about it, you know, and if you can, if we could get more p- new hunters in, I think, you know, all the new hunters that we have, we get a lot from California waterfowl, um, they end up loving it, you know, and it's just being outside, being with nature, you know, like Casey said, you're chopping it up, you're having a good time. There's not a care in the world in the duck blind, you know, there's no work going on. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. And if you are lucky enough to harvest some ducks and, and have, 
you know, that opportunity and just to be a smile and meet new people that are kind of doing the same thing, you know, it, it's awesome to see. Yeah. And, and the more that we could get like new hunters is, is the better off that our, you know, sport is going to be and the ducks will be better for it. I mean, and you guys are obviously providing that positive impact in those people's lives. I mean, if they are, if these people are coming back to you and then, you know, eventually they're bringing their kids and then their kids are bringing their friends. I mean, look how much of a, of an impact you have made on just one person. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, I've had like four generations of, you know, grandpa, dad, dad, you know, son, their son in the blind. And that's, what's cool. You know, you get those opportunities and you see grandpa and dad and their son and their son, you know, that's, what's awesome. That's I, what, I don't know where the disconnect is. It seems like, and maybe it's different for you as far as the age of your guys. I mean, I got a ton of guys that are in their sixties to eighties yeah. and they come with us because they still want to hunt, but they can't do it themselves. You know, so we drive them to the blind yeah. and we right. take care of them. Yeah. But where in the middle is what I don't, I've got a lot of guys that are 65 to 80 yeah. and I got guys that are, you know, 30, but there's a gap in between where yep. those 65 year old sons, they went to work and they stuck their head in work and they never, never they forgot about it. Yeah. But now the last few years, like some of them older guys have been hunting with me, their kid will show up. That's 45, 50, 55. Right. Yeah. And he's like, man, I miss this dad. This is great. Yeah. Where, how yeah. did you, yeah, I, I don't understand. Out. Once yeah. you're in it, you're, everybody's different, but when I'm in, I'm all in. I, I got the bug, man, and I can't, can't step away. Yeah, yeah, that would be extremely tough. But, yeah. <clears throat> well, and when people, I mean, I think about when, you know, you grandparents or fathers, and they think about the best memories they've had with their family or their dad or whatever. Like, I feel like even though I don't have that, I always feel like they have that memory of, oh, we went hunting or, oh, we went and played baseball or whatever. But if hunting can be that, you know, memory base for a lot of people, then, you know, you guys will always have that connection to continue those memories to happen. And as long as they're, you know, safe and fun and memorable and they keep coming back, I mean, that is memories that get to continue on. Yeah. What What do you guys think in, in terms of like, we're seeing a, a big push, you know, those adult onset hunter, hunters that are over 18, kind of that 35, 40 mark. What should they look for in a guy? Because we get phone calls a lot that say, hey, you know, I'm brand new, just got my hunting license. You know, what do I do now? And I always say, I, you know, here's some guides that work for us. Give them a call. That's going to be your best bet to get into it, to see if you like it first before you go out to – a refuge and buy the guns and waders and, and all that stuff where, you know, on those folks with social media, what should they look for? Like license, how long you've been in the business, properties, questions asked to guides. Well, I, I get a lot of guys call and just ask questions, you know, and I'm perfectly honest with them, yeah. you know, and I, I try to steer them like I'm not, I don't push to have every client. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want every guy. I don't need every guy. You know, I if, I want to be right for you, basically. Yeah. But there's guys that call and they say, well, we're thinking about going to the refuge. We've never hunted before. And the, where I like to push them towards a guide is go experience it the right way before you have to go try to fight it out on the refuge because that place can ruin you. I mean, I know there's yeah. plenty of good refuge hunters that have great well, for hunting. for your first time. But for your first yeah. time, I mean, it's a mess for some of these guys. Like, someone will come back or they'll go to the refuge, then book a hunt with a guy, and they're like, dude, we weren't ever going to go hunting again until this, duck hunting. Yeah. Because we went out there, we got yelled at, people were close to us. We, it, yeah. you got to have a quality experience yeah. for you to really 
grasp it. And once you buy it on, then then go try that stuff. Yeah, I would agree yeah. on that. It's super expensive too to get down into it. You know? Yeah, and that's one of the things about most guides. They'll they'll have the rental guns or the the equipment that you need to to go out there and 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 go hunting. You know, that's a big portion of it too. I got guys that call just like Casey. You know, will talk your ear off for thirty five minutes, whether they whether they book a hunt or not. You know, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. You know, if you know, send them to wherever they need yeah. to to be successful because that's what it's going to take. It's not going to take any of this other stuff. It's going to take them to right. be successful and to really to get to latch on to it, you know. Because if you go out and you don't do anything on your own, you're gonna you're gonna kind of veer away from that. Yeah, I would think so. And and the guys that call you and say they only shoot mallards, what's the response to that? Yeah, go to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the right guy for you. <laughs> well, I, we've seen that. Like I'm, you know, pure mallard hunter. We had a guy a number of years ago. Uh, drove up from SoCal, Grizzly Ranch, shot a quick limit, mixed bag, comes in. I only shoot mallards, and that wasn't a hunt for me. I was like, you are in the Sassoon Marsh. Like, it, yeah. it's not known for being a mallard area. He's like, well, I only shoot usually in Nebraska. I'm like, well, that's because all that's there. That's all there. Honkers and mallards. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to shoot yeah. a widgeon or a spoonie there, right? Yeah. You know, it's just the. That's what's funny. You know, you get these guys that come. I'm going to hold out for the big birds. The big birds. We're going to wait for the big oh, birds. We're, you big know, birds. that's that's the funny thing. And then all of a sudden that day, it's like wide open teal. Yeah. Like everywhere, all you see teal, teal, teal. Yeah. We're going to hold out. Well, how are you feeling about holding out now at eleven o'clock? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I, I've been there in the part of my life where I was like, you know, I'll, that's all I want to shoot, or whatever. You know, right. you're hunting, you're hunting if you're hunting in areas where there are mallards, right. say northeastern Klamath, whatever. That's one thing, but yeah. man, coming down here, it's a different game. Yeah, shoot, uh, shoot the ducks, man. I've yeah. never bought into there. Any of that. I, I'm a duck <laughs> yeah. hunter. Yeah, whatever sure. duck I hunt, web feet and a beak. Yeah, yeah. 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 and you know, every day is different in the right. Yeah. How many days have you had where it's all pintail and spoons? Yep. And I've had guys oh, that are yeah. like, we don't want to shoot spoonies. We don't want to shoot spoonies. And I had a group of guys, it was probably 15 years ago. We don't want to shoot spoonies. I said, okay. And finally, one old man on the end, and he says, I'm Casey, I mean, we had our four bulls break. Yeah. He goes, Casey, let's shoot spoonies. I said, okay. I said, if you want to have fun, I said, let's pick out all drakes. Yeah. I said, it'll be the prettiest yeah. strap of ducks you've ever had. Yeah. And we shot four limits of sprig. And the rest were all Drake spoonbills, and they're like, that was great. Yeah, yeah. it's duck they, they, They've fun. got a yeah. bad rap, though. They do. I mean, a spoonbill eats rice just like anything else when yeah. it's in this valley. Well, that's what cracks me up. Is then guys will say that, like, oh, you know, I was waiting for the mallards today, and you're like, dude, you go make sausage sticks anyways. Yeah. Yep. What does right. it matter? You're right. not frying that mallard up. You know, maybe the day of, but. You're making sausage. Yeah. So what does it matter if it's a teal or a widgeon? Because some people don't like widgeon. I, I love widgeon, yeah. right? And people hate gadwall. I mean, yeah. I've heard I've more. Heard, oh, yeah. yeah. But gadwall. the number one duck I've ever seen with a fish or a crawdad in its mouth is a mallard. <laughs> or a worm or a snail. I mean, yeah. they'll, you find them yeah. in the sewer ponds. They're everywhere. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's just all in their mind. It's it pure is, totally. Funny. Or yeah. you get the snow geese. That snow geese. How many times have you heard that? We yeah. don't shoot snow geese. Yeah. Only specks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got a friend. I mean, they they when they shoot a snow goose, they're like, that's breakfast. We fry it up. It's the best thing you've ever had. They love it. So when they shoot snows, they immediately make it for breakfast, you know, where some people are like, oh, sky carp. Yeah. Uh, I remember I shot my first one. And where I grew up, like, there was no snow geese, right? So I shot a snow geese, told somebody about it, a friend, and some other guy heard it and was like, Oh, you shot a sky carp? And the guy was like, well, it's like shooting a limit of Canada geese down in Los Banos. They're just not where he, he grew right. up, right? right? And the guy was like, oh, I guess that's cool. I was like, dude, you know, 
was like 13 or something like that. Like, come on, man. It all changes. You know, everybody says they won't, they won't, they won't, they won't. And then all of a sudden one's coming foot, you know, feet down and they're the first ones out of the hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> man. I mean, yeah. what's it? I mean, you're there to hunt and when something yeah. bows up and put its feet down and come in the hole, it don't yeah. matter to me if it's yeah. a teal, a snow goose, I'm the, a yeah. spoonbill. Yeah. I'm all in. You yeah. just won. You Every did what time. you wanted to do. Yeah. You called that bird in and made it come to you. Yeah. yeah. Of all the years that you guys have guided hunts and probably hunted yourselves, what has been maybe arguably the most memorable hunt? Either that you've been a part of or gotten to guide. Is there any that kind of come to mind? Ah. For me, it was my both my kids, probably their first birds, because I was actually, that's the probably the one time I was there during duck season, I watched them both <laughs> kill their first bird. And I mean, that was that's cool. cool to me. And my daughter, she's more of a horn hunter. She, just, I mean, she'll go duck hunting, and she has, we always, it's a tradition on Christmas Eve, the whole family goes. We always that's do. That's awesome. Yeah. We do it every year, and it doesn't yep. matter what, whether it's good or it yep. sucks, we're still going, and we it's have a tradition. good time. And yeah. most years, we have really good hunts. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she got that first. I think her first bird was a speckled belly. It came right in. And she killed it dead with yeah. a 410, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and she'll, like, she grabbed onto it, and she enjoys it. She, she likes the family part of it. Now, my son, after he killed the first duck, he's a maniac. Yeah. I mean, that's all he wants to do, period, is kill ducks. Yeah. You know, so that was cool to see them, to see how it changed both of them. Did yeah. that um, experience for your daughter happen on the Christmas Eve tradition? No, it was actually me and my wife and her were out hunting. It was one time the clients canceled or something last minute, and I said, get up, we're gone. You know, <laughs> We're going to yeah. fill this spot. Yeah. yeah. And so we went, and we had a good time, and she got her first bird. And it was a slow day, but, you know, that one bird did it right and came right in front of her, and she killed it, and it was just something I'll never forget. Yeah, uh. yeah that's probably it, the kids. I think our first hunt was down in Klamath with my oldest. Um, Speckle was his first bird. It's just... Those things you don't forget, you know, all the hunts with the kids and now that they're getting older and, yeah. you know, they come home from college and that's what we do now, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, every, right. every Christmas we go. So that that's probably the most memorable is the hunting with the kids for sure. The other thing you never forget are the dogs. I mean, I've, I've had a million dogs <laughs> yeah. and you miss every one of them. Like, oh, yeah. You could have one. I could, I've been told my whole life, you're only going to have one good dog yeah. in your life. Yeah, I've never had a bad one. I mean, I've had ones that weren't perfect, but when you hunt like we do, every day, day in and day out, that dog's with you, and that dog retrieves, and a dog figure out what it... You can take a dog that isn't... And I don't have anything fancy. I don't have whistle-trained, hand-signal-trained. I have meat dogs. working dogs, yeah. Yeah, And people are like, well, it doesn't do hand-signal. I said, why does it need hand-signals? That dog can count. I mean, you'll stand up and shoot and rain yeah. seven or eight birds down, and my dog will go back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. Then, like, what's he doing? I said, don't even say anything to him. Yeah. He comes back, drops him at your side, and he keeps going. Yeah. It's just yeah. to watch those dogs do their thing. That's it's amazing. Yeah. It's 50% yep. or better of the hunt is to watch that dog work yeah. and watch yeah. what they can do. I mean, you, you guys hunt a lot. So, I mean, what what's your time frame on your dogs being able to be a working dog out wow. in the field? Yeah, it's pro- I honestly think it's like five years, and that's probably pushing it. You know, Could you guys are both have bigger dogs in yeah. general? Yeah, yeah. And I, I run, a, I run mine, and I'm trying to do better now. I've always been a one dog person. Like yeah. I get yeah. one dog that I'm That's attached really, yeah. to, <laughs> and I, it's tough to get away from that one I, dog. I yeah. run them into the dirt. And my first dog, really, really good dog. I think he he lasted till nine. Okay. But it seems to me like I mean I work them hard. Yeah. And I just had one of my really good ones died last year, eleven years old. I went out in the pen in the morning to get him out. He'd hunted all week, went to get him out in the morning, 
and he was just he was done. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, as ten years old, that's pretty early, but that dog's lived a life, and I, yeah. I wish I would, and I'm no good at keeping track. I wish I'd keep yeah, track I to see I'd... how many birds that yeah. dog retrieved in his yeah. life. Because you sit and think about it, and you do the numbers from the years the number, over the years. The numbers are crazy. Yeah, yeah, I it's did insane. it with my first dog, and it's. It's nuts, and you don't ever get over to your first dogs like that. I mean, yeah. to this day, he, you know, that's that's what it is. You know, they're by your side every day. Like when we put ours down, you know, it was a big deal, and the yeah. kids were there. And you know what they didn't really understand is this dog has provided for this family. Yeah, because that's yeah. how those dogs are run. Right. You know, he was an inside dog and all of that, and he was in the house every night, but. You know, they worked their tails off and they and and they provided for that family and that's what's cool is you see, you know, and they're with you every single day. Yeah. And people that's people don't friend. get it either. No. Like they'll look inside my pickup. I mean, it's a nice pickup with leather seats. The dog goes in the dry. I don't care if he's muddy, dirty, whatever. When we're done hunting, get in the heater and dry off, dude. I think there's more dirt out inside your truck than outside your truck normally there there is a good chance you know but they're part they're part of the family you got to take care of they do not quit you so you cannot quit them i I agree i had that dog that just died i was on a hunt i'll never forget it was like uh it was the first it was january 1st and he just wasn't right in the morning and i could tell he wasn't right but his tail was wagging i went come on so we went out there and he laid there that dog got i think 32 birds and, like, it wasn't like him. He'd get up and he'd walk out there and pick it up. I said, something's wrong with this dog. Yeah. And so I, as yeah. soon as the hunt was over, I threw him in the truck, went straight to the vet, and they're like, Casey, this dog's going to die. He's got a 106-degree fever. And I said, well, yeah. fix him. Do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. And so they put IVs in him, and I took him to the emergency vet. He had a prostate infection. But that dog, as miserable as he was, burning up, they don't he, don't, quit. he don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. He never quit. They don't quit. And there's no off switch for them when they're there. Yeah. You know? yeah. They totally understand. And I don't know about Casey's dogs, but... Like mine, he had the free roam to do whatever we want until he heard that lid come off of the blind. Then it was all business, and he was in his box doing his things. I yeah. mean, that's that's what they don't, you know. Those things are are crazy. They're with you every single day. Yeah, you know that's what's awesome. I think like you guys, you know, you get a hunting dog, and then you get these robot dogs that you know they suppress their personality. Yeah. It's shock collar. I you tell me what I'm gonna do. To me, I'll take a good duck dog over any oh, yeah. field champion dog yeah, any day. You know. Every day. I want one that'll lay there. I don't care if they're not perfect. <laughs> I mean, my dog right. will come lay there. He'll get up. He'll run out there. He'll come back. Does he screw up once in a while and do oh, something yeah. he shouldn't? Right. Of course he does. But, but they hunt, you know. He they hunts. They yeah. know what they're after. I've seen you know, a lot they of know their job field sure. trained dogs. It's like, go hunt the bird. I can see the bird. Oh, yeah. you know, until you tell they, it they, what to do. They, they use just, their eyes and not their nose, and yeah. a meat dog uses his nose. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. Heck yeah. And to watch in the marsh, like that old black dog that just died, he would go out there and a bird would dive down. You know, they'll dive down and bite. That dog would stand over the top of me. He's big and he'd stand there and look at what he's doing. I said, he's feeling. Like he, you could see him feel with his foot. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, there's no way. I said, you watch that dog. And pretty yeah. soon his head would go all the way underwater. And then up he'd come with it. Yeah. With yeah. bushes and everything in his mouth. Oh, yeah. And they're like, holy yeah. cow. How do you? I said, that dog's yeah. just bad, man. Yeah. How'd you train him? I said, I didn't train him. I just kill. Yeah. And he figures it out. Like I, none of mine go to a trainer. Mine sit, lay, and stay, and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Everything else, that's on them. Right. They, they know it. No, that's that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, so out of the three of you, um, you know, we're starting to kind of wrap up the podcast. Out of the three of you, who is the better duck caller? Definitely Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah. Do you take that humbly, Jeff? Yes, from these guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of the two of you, who's probably the better duck caller? 
I have oh, the yeah. foggiest idea. Have you guys I, I hunted th- together before? Um, Casey and no? I have never hunted together. No? No. No, we haven't. I guess you guys are going to plan one. Then. We're going to have to do it. Christmas We're going to have to have a contest. Yeah. <laughs> contest in <laughs> the blind. Yeah. Well, we get that a lot. Like, oh, people that do competitions can't call ducks, which right. some of them don't know how to call two ducks, but they right. know how to freaking blow a duck call. Right. right. But um, yeah, I'm guilty of that. If I mess up, I'm definitely calling too much, but I like to blow a duck call. Well, right. I'm yeah. the first to tell you I'm no competition yeah. caller. It doesn't I, take that to read birds, yeah. know when to call, how to call. That's, That's the biggest. That's the biggest key. Yeah. The biggest key. Yeah, watching absolutely. them. I mean, I still blow a $20 Haydale's duck call. Those are and killer, you can man. hand me anything you want. I can't blow it. I'm yeah. no good. Right. I can blow that Haydale's. I have a duck call I blow and a goose call I blow, and that's it. My kid, I don't you care what. You give him anything. You give him yeah. anything, yeah. and I, I sit there, and I'm like, how in the hell? <laughs> right. like, you could throw yeah. him a call, and in five minutes, that kid's got it mastered. I mean, yeah. he is, and I, I never could do that. I'm no good. Well, I know guys don't like those Haydells. They would go to a store, grab everyone on the rack, yeah. find two they liked, and would buy them and run them uh, until they— keep they, the rest of them for their guts. Yeah. yeah. I'm so weird that I have old ones. They're uh, <laughs> not a DR85. They're a—what are they? They're a big, they're a big round barrel one, and there's oh, yeah. very few of them yeah. that were ever made. And a couple of years ago, I was I was freaking out. I was down to my last one. I tried putting guts <laughs> in them. I'm like, this ain't gonna cut it. Yeah. And uh, I had a friend that knew uh, Kelly Haydale. He said, call Kelly and tell him. So I called Kelly. And he says, oh Casey, we just made this stout. This stout called same thing. I said, it's not the same thing, Kelly. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're right. It's not the same thing. I said, I gotta have them. I don't care what they cost. Yeah. And he's like, give me ten minutes. And uh, pretty soon he calls me back and sent me a picture. He had a handful of old guts and oh, stuff nice. that they found. And he's like, hey, I put these together on mail. I said, what do I owe you? He says nothing. He goes, if you need them to kill ducks, yeah. He goes, they're all yours. I mean, them are good people, and I need to call him again and have him make yeah. me some more. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, what have you guys seen change in the duck hunting world? I mean, you guys have been guiding for a long time. What have you seen <clears throat> change from when you first started guiding? to now in terms of just the hunting part of it, not the leases or anything, but just duck behavior, placement, and how that kind of has changed on the landscape. It seems like they get smarter, you know? It just really, yeah. the pressure, I think, that they see up and down has really changed the ducks' attitudes about what they're doing. Throughout. I think they're being, I mean, I would be venture to say that they're being hunted way yep. more now than yep. they were 20 years ago. I mean, you think sure. about it. They start in Canada September yeah. 1st. By the time they get yeah, to they're, us, they're, we're, we're hunting used birds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think the climate thing was huge. Like, we talked about yeah. that, you know, before we started the podcast. Yeah. I remember as a kid just watching the birds go straight up in the yeah. air and straight north. Yep. And then they would come back down at night. You'd see them pour back in the valley. They were yeah. going back and forth. They would come to the valley to feed. They'd go up there and rest. Yeah. And then you would get the low ceiling or the fog, and everybody would say, oh, my God, the new birds showed up. No, yeah. they're just trapped yeah. here today. Yeah. And then all the, two days later, they're gone. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, yeah. with Klamath, right? I mean, right. with it being dry, my opinion is those birds are now here Correct. during the opener. I mean, yeah. I've never seen so many widgeon and teal down yeah. here early. Yeah. We'd always have a few, but, I mean— not around like, yeah, the not sink like, and not they, like this, yeah. it's loaded down, yeah. especially widgeon and, and the offer. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, something's changing. I, I remember going up to Glamath and just having so much fun, and now it's not like that. They skip that. They're yeah. they're here now. You know, back a long time ago, we'd be able to. They'd hunt Klamath and then they'd show up down here, and then they'd take off and go back to Klamath. and then yeah. next thing you know, they're back here again. It, it's not like that well, anymore. The they're here. They're, what about they're, the geese? I mean, when, when did you – it used to be 
Thanksgiving before we saw a snow goose in this valley yeah, or very many speckled right valleys. Yeah. Right. And now there's a pile. They're yeah. here before the season starts every single year. Yeah, yeah. like the speck honey. I remember in Klamath, you know, the first three weeks of the season, we yeah. would go up there. Things would be slower down here. Yeah. Have awesome hunts out in the green fields. Yep. Those geese <laughs> are here in September. Yeah. You know, and roosting on wetlands and going and eating if the rice isn't yeah. harvested yet right. or not. And, you know? and how long they stay here. Oh, you know, my I gosh. see those things in the end of April down by me. And yeah. They, I mean, even the snow geese are just piling in. And they're like we were talking earlier, they're flying over my house and I'm south. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And look, look what we've seen in the last 20 years as far as spec numbers. I remember when we couldn't shoot them. Yep. Yeah, I remember yeah. as a kid. Like, and then it yeah. was, if you heard one, you're like, "Oh, there's mm-hmm. a speck." Yeah, there's like a couple even had a season. Call. Couple right. weeks season, you could shoot yeah. like one or something yeah. like that. Nobody right? hunted them. Nope. Yeah. yeah, first time I hunted Klamath was with a honker call, and we shot limits of specks, and they came in like mallards, just yeah. feet down. You're like, "This is the coolest thing ever." And then yeah. it's just like, then the spec craze kind of hit with it. Did it calls went from like and, three to six, and then all of a sudden you're ten, and yeah, and then know, everyone just, was going after them, and that whole game that, has that, changed. Uh, yeah. The spec is the new mallard in California. Yeah. Yep, for yeah, sure. for sure. Well, that's what's hard now is you. Everyone's got a spec call. We're like ten years ago. If you could blow a call. They were, they were in your face, yeah. and now just everyone's blowing at them. And pretty good callers. Yeah, they just hear the same thing over and over. Yep. So the game's changed a little bit, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Got anything else, Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where that goat was going. Um, I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, I think we touched on this a little earlier, but um. You know, I think kind of encompassing everything that we talked about, what is kind of the role that you see hunters playing in conservation and how, you know, giving back and everything is so important to hunters and kind of the future of hunters. Without our conservation dollars, where would we be? I mean, look at all the money we spend and even just to support not just the conservation, but a whole community. Like Calusa is built, <laughs> that town is built October to January. Yeah. Outside of the agriculture, I mean, the rice is big, the farming's big, but October to January, everybody is eating, staying, shopping, yeah. buying yeah. fuel. I mean, it just boosts the economy I mean, in these towns yeah. where there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing really. Yeah. I mean, usually would be, there would be nothing else in the wintertime if it wasn't for the waterfowl hunting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you kind of saw that the last couple of years when the rice kind of went away. We had the water issues. You know, those t- you go into those towns and they're like desolate. They're deserts. And now, you know, you're seeing livelihood and everybody's excited, which yep. is huge. Yeah. yeah. It makes You can see it, the difference from what those little towns were, you know, when there was no water and nobody was traveling there to what they are right now and we're not even in duck season yet. Yeah, you give it a week or 10 days and every yeah. pickup you pass has a four-wheeler and a dog in the back yep. and guys in and out <laughs> yeah. of kittles well, just, and decoys. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, just on 99, right? You started seeing guys with their yeah. trailers full of decoys. Yeah. You know, they're starting the trek up north and getting everything ready. Um, yeah. It just happens, man. Just like it's that. go time. Yep. It does. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Thanks, you. fellas. Yeah. Appreciate it. My name is Carson. Thanks for watching the Save It for the Blind podcast here at the CWA Roseville headquarters. You can find this podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.